recording this in early December and we've got John Newsom and Duncan Williams with us today and we're going to talk about what current things might be affecting investments and one of the things that clearly is affecting investments is COVID. So we saw at the end of November quite a sharp dip in the FTSE when the latest strain was named and had started to spread from South Africa. So I wonder, John, if you have any thoughts about whether the market is overreacting to these COVID announcements, bearing in mind the previous success of the various virus injections we've all had, the vaccines. Uh, Yes, I think my personal view would be that it is doing that. Every time a new variant seems to uh, crop up, the stock market, as a general rule, tends uh, tends to weaken. But ultimately, life is going to have to go on, and we cannot keep going through various rounds of boosters I mean, ultimately, the the cure for all this has got to be herd immunity. And while I'm not an epidemiologist, it seems to me that common sense suggests that all viruses are going to mutate. They always have and they always will. So this is perfectly normal. And my own belief is that we need to get back to normal. And this is straying into the realms of of idiocy. I mean, obviously, John, the the travel side of things is a little bit different but are you basically saying this is a good opportunity if there is a dip in the market to buy good quality stocks at a slight discount uh there are one or two opportunities i think that that we could tick that box with yes yeah i agree there's nothing ever wrong with with hanging on to cash in terms of it being dry ammunition and waiting for opportunities that might present themselves and you know as i say i think there are two or three opportunities that have presented themselves recently there are also uh, i can think of several opportunities that i would like to uh, or stocks that i would like to buy but they haven't they haven't come back to prices that i feel puts the odds in one's favor so um we keep looking at that but if it turns out that this latest covid scare becomes a reason for for stock markets to weaken further then we we may be afforded the opportunities that we're looking for in um in two or three cases john i'm not sure whether in previous podcasts we've talked about this but what do you think about gold at the present time well i think gold should be regarded as an insurance policy because if you look back over long long periods of time gold has maintained its real value now that's not to say that the cycles that gold operates in uh, are not very very long and you can find yourself in the cold for for a long period of time but i i'm talking about over over hundreds and hundreds of years gold has proven to be a a preserver of real wealth so i look upon gold as a as an insurance policy and it's something that i think most people if they're in the position to do so should look at when you look at what's going on in the world at the moment money printing uh, on steroids for example eventually that is going to catch fire in terms of inflation and i think we we've seen over the last year the signs were there and just about every central bank has told their populations that it's transitory and it won't uh, it won't be anything more than that they've all had to backtrack and i think we're on the verge now of seeing just how incompetent these people truly are i think inflation is not transitory 
I think inflation is now coming back with a vengeance and they, meaning central banks, have aided and abetted it and will make it worse than it otherwise would have been. I had to laugh the other day when Madame Lagarde told us that, that there might be some asset bubbles at the moment. Well, who, who's responsible for that, Christine? Yes. Now, when we talk about buying gold, are you, are you thinking about buying shares in mining companies or buying the Mars bars of sized ingots, which the postman delivers to your house? I don't mean your house, John, but I mean one's house. I think you could look at both. And if the price of bullion moves by 10% up or down, as a very, very, very general rule, you tend to find that the shares of gold mining companies will move by, by a greater percentage up or down. So if you want to try and be on the right side of history, you might argue that bullions and coins might put you in that position. If you want to be a little bit more, I don't know if speculative is the right word, but to be invested in, in the equity of gold mining businesses means that you will likely move more up or down, depending on what happens to the price of bullion. So uh, it's a personal decision. But if you believe that the price of gold is set over the next, say, decade to do well, then all things being equal, I don't think it would be unreasonable to expect that the price of uh, clearly not every gold mining business, but as a general rule, that if um, if bullion rises by X percent, then you have a, a fair wind that the price of, uh, and you're correct, of course, uh, you have a fair wind behind you that the price of gold mining shares might do better. So is there a possibility that if you bought gold mining shares as opposed to physical gold, that you would do better? Because if you had on your desk in front of you a Mars bar sized ingot, that's not going to provide any income. Whereas in theory, a mining company could provide dividends and also benefit with the increased value of gold. I don't think that's uh, that's a bad comment, Ian. I, I, I would agree with that. I think the real reason, what tends to happen with gold mining businesses is that they don't pay out too much in terms of dividend, but they do usually pay something. But that leverage effect comes from the fact that if, if the price of bullion rises, gold mining businesses with good ore grades and, and years and years of production life left, they have all that gold still in the ground. So, of course, you get that leverage effect of that potential increase in value. Of course, by the time they get it out, who knows what the gold price is going to be. But if we're living in a world of rising gold prices, their reserves are going to reflect that. And there might be time where they don't actively want to mine it because it's probably worth more left where it is than at the top of the shaft. Sometimes, yeah. The other thing to mention at this stage is that owning gold mining shares is straightforward they just it's just like holding another share within a portfolio but the problem with bullion is that if you do get uh, the gold bar delivered to your house then you do need to store it somewhere there are various etfs where you can buy gold and they will hold gold for you sometimes that's physical gold and sometimes it's syn synthetic but i think both of those miss the point the point is that gold is the store of your last resort of wealth and it should be in your hands or in your safe. Duncan, have you any thoughts on inflation at the present time? 
in November, the US inflation rate struck 6.2% and the uh, CPI here in the UK hit 4.2%. Just before that, the Bank of England met to discuss interest rates and they decided, surprisingly, to leave the interest rates untouched. And given that they would have been in possession of that data, I am somewhat surprised that they didn't increase interest rates. And I suspect later on this month, interest rates could easily be rising. Right. I think that, I mean, anybody who has read any output that we've or we've been doing for the last, oh, I don't know, let's say a year, probably more, anyone who's read any of our articles, anybody who has listened to these podcasts, I think will know that for all that time, we've been saying central banks are, are going to lose control over inflation because these people fundamentally do not understand how an economy works. And I think the numbers that we've just been discussing, US inflation, UK inflation, illustrate how utterly incompetent they are and that it was, it was beyond inevitable where we were going to end up. And we're there now. And that they still won't put interest rates up because these people don't live in the real world and you don't get these jobs, whether it's on the ECB or the Fed or the Bank of England. You don't get these jobs unless you see the world in a particular way. And the type of people who tend to see the world in that way tend to be academics. They've never actually operated in the real world. And they think that by pulling levers and pushing buttons that the economy will do what they want it to do. If you had a, a shred of humility or common sense, you might realize that the economy is a big, scary thing that will be very, very difficult to prod and to control. But how intelligent do you have to be to see that inflation has now been cut loose? We've got everything that is bad and it was inevitable due to their inertia. And we've also got rising oil prices. That's, I think, part of that comes from the fact that oil companies are now everyone's favorite dog to kick. So where's the incentive to go and improve supply? You've got Putin who can use oil as a political weapon. So actually, we're at the beginning of a transition to a, a low carbon economy, supposedly. But the world, and especially the developing world, certainly Asia, is going to be running on oil for decades. So weirdly, the price of oil, because supply and demand, if you understand supply and demand, which people who run central banks tend not to. But if you understand supply and demand, you can see quite easily why oil prices have strengthened. And I think they're going to stay high. And that's going to be inflationary on its own. Uh, throw in all their money printing. Is it any surprise that we've ended up where we are? I don't see the situation disappearing. I don't think it's transitory. And as I say, I think it, it was all totally inevitable where we were going to end up. And for the Bank of England not to put rates up the last meeting, I think is nothing short of ineptitude. I would just like to add at this point that in this country, inflation is measured by the Consumer Price Index, which is a general basket of prices, which doesn't include, to the best of my knowledge, some energy costs and food costs. And obviously, everybody uses both of those. A lot of people will remember that inflation was measured by the Retail Price Index. That's no longer mentioned now. And I think the point I'm really making is that inflation is a very personal 
thing. It's personal to you. It always makes me laugh when CPI has gone up or down significantly and they blame it on aeroplane tickets, uh, travel costs, etc. Because not everybody leaves this country on an aeroplane. So it's not relevant to everybody. So I think it's a, a personal thing. And I think that some people's inflation is going to be creeping up to double digits, depending on what they do. We saw a massive increase in the duty on cigarettes. So heavy smokers inflation will be significantly more than non-smokers. You wouldn't be suggesting, Duncan, would you, that the inflation numbers are actually massaged and don't really reflect reality? Of course not, John. I thought not. This material should not be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. Investors should seek advice from an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of investments and any income from them can go up as well as down, and you may not get back the amount originally invested. Information contained in this podcast was true at the time of recording.